Hi guys, welcome back to the When Will You Marry podcast. I know it's been such a long time. About time. Yes, we are back. We are back with a vengeance. Is that how you say it? We're back with a vengeance. Yeah. So That's we're it. back and we're ready to say go. with your chest. I know, yeah, we're back with a vengeance now. You're say say with your... No, you can't say that. <laughs> what do you mean? That's... That's equal opportunities. Like, no, that's what you, you can't should be say saying. That. You're gonna get what the people mean? to come at you. Anyway, no, I might cut come. this bit out. <laughs> um, come, leave it. <laughs> Hi guys, but yes, yeah, so we're back. I know I've had so many emails, I've had DM messages asking where we've been. And to be honest with you, there's an episode before this where I just break down everything that's happened. But you know, we're back now with loads of topics, and yeah, I'm really excited actually. And hopefully, um, we won't have another year gap. But nonetheless, we are here today, and I have um, a co-host with me today, actually. Um, I'll allow you to introduce yourself. So over to my co-host. How are you doing? Uh, hi. Thanks for having me, Nikita. Um, I'm Kobna. Um, I have done a little bit of podcasting. I do a little bit with um, Mike's and Men. So if you are done Check with this, out. and you want to try and, do, you want to try and listen to something else, I'm on that. But, um, yeah, below as well. I'm just here to learn and to inquire. So, yeah, I'm looking forward to it. Also known as Cobbs, because that's what I'm going to refer to you as. Yeah, that's fine. Yeah, yeah, that's cool. Known for the angry voice. Anywho, <laughs> <laughs> on to our lovely and amazing guest. Before I um, allow her to introduce herself, we've been actually we've actually been trying to get this episode done. No lie, maybe what ten months. Maybe even longer than that. Definitely last year is when we first um, about a year ago, and then we actually realized, yeah, about a year ago, mm. um, and then we realized we have um, mutuals, and then yeah, it kind of took off from there. But when I asked her to come on to talk with us and you know share her story, um, and she said yes, I was really delighted because I really do think her story will be able to inspire many people that will be listening. So over to you today. We have the amazing. Sarah Alonge or Alonge, as some people massacre the name <laughs> and say. <laughs> <me> French. <laughs> hi, Peter. Hi, Corps. Um, I'm Sarah hey. Alonge. Um, don't even know what to say really, but yeah, I'm Sarah Alonge. Do I introduce myself like all my titles, all my accolades, and all that? Yeah, everything. Well, we want to hear it. We want to know you. This is about your story. Mm-hmm. Okay, cool. All right. Um, so my name is Sarah Alonge. I am. Um, I recently became an author this year. Um, I have a book called Behind the Scenes. Um, I am an entrepreneur. I have a business called Longer Designs. I also have a nine to five. Um, I'm a policy advisor by profession, and I'm also a minister. So in church, I'm a minister in church. So that's me in a nutshell. Well, that's a big nutshell. Isn't it? That's a lot of of stuff going. It's been a lot of plates. Yeah. But it's good. It's good to see. It is amazing to hear also. Like, I didn't know you were a policy advisor. That sounds really, really cool. Sounds really important as well. I mean, (laughs) yeah. Do you know what? Let me not downplay it. Um, It is actually really important. I enjoy it. That's right. Yeah. So I do love it. And it helps that at the moment I'm working on policy um surrounding diversity and inclusion and specifically around black people mm-hmm. in the legal profession um you know responding to some government consultations so that's been really good and insightful mm-hmm. can be a bit aggravating but it's good <laughs> <laughs> i can imagine and i guess that's the hot topic i actually did a um i was saying to you earlier Cobbs, i did a um 
a meet today and we were talking about diversity and inclusion for the um, regulatory board for the Society of Motors, I think. Um, and it's quite interesting how, you know, I said it, it's cute that we talk about this so much now, but let's just see, you know, if we can get some let's change. See, but, yeah. yeah, I digress. Um, so, again, thank you so much for coming on. This particular topic um, or conversation, I should say, was something that, um, like I said, is very important and I do hope it will inspire others. But I don't want to take too much away from you. Um, as Sarah mentioned, she does have a book which is available for purchase currently right now on Amazon. Yes. I'm correct? Yeah. Yes. And it's called Behind the Scenes. And um, Sarah basically describes and discusses her journey um, from being engaged to, mm -hmm. um, I guess... What's the opposite of being engaged? What's the what, what do we say? <laughs> Disengage. <laughs> um, but for, from basically moving away from the relationship. Um, yeah. Relationship. Sorry, a week or so before her wedding. So again, if you could just kind of um, give us an insight into that period, um, and you know some of the experiences that you went through, and then yeah, yeah no, absolutely. Yeah. Um, so actually, the book kind of goes before um, I was engaged and that was really important because sometimes we hear people's stories but we don't hear the backstories so yeah. from before I was engaged when we first um, got into a relationship till when we were engaged till when we broke up um, uh, so yeah that's the book in a nutshell but mm -hmm. I guess the main point of the book was to share some brutally honest um, reflections um, because when breakups happen, like such big breakups, especially literally the eve before the wedding's supposed to happen, it's really, wow. really easy for you to blame the other person and not necessarily think about your own actions that could have Sorry, contributed to Sarah. that. Did you say the eve before your wedding? Okay, when I say the eve, I'm Nigerian, so I'm a bit dramatic. So <laughs> the eve was actually, <laughs> you know, it was five days before, but you what know what? <laughs> No, but it still. felt like the year before, you know. Yeah, yeah, yeah that would be that would feel like that, yeah. considering how long you've been together. And I think yeah, the fact that you think that's dramatic. This this whole thing is like right. Listen, you know? I, do you know what the best comment I always get about the book is? I feel like I'm reading an Hollywood movie. Wow. Um, oh. And you know, it's good that I can look at it now and say, well, at least it's someone's, you know, someone's learning from it, or they can see that. And mm -hmm. I don't want to say entertainment; that's a bit harsh. But it was four years ago. Um, and it took me four years to to really express the story because I think that kind of experience is something that it takes time to deal with and the aftermath of it. So it was like, I like to say the picture perfect relationship um, mm. until you take the camera away. Mm. You know, you take the camera away and then all of a sudden uh -huh. you start to see what is behind the scenes. And that's actually how the name the name behind the scenes well one of the ways the name behind the scenes came came up wow do you know i, I find it i think what i admire because i've watched a few of sarah's um lives is how honest um she is not only about the events that took place but also about her feelings i think as Quab rightly mentioned this is you know for the lack of better words and a very dramatic story and as much as we view it as a story this was your life mm. so the fact that you're able to open up um, and be quite honest about it is 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 incredible especially in this generation now where marriages marriage engagements everything to do with anything bridal is very glossed over you know it's very you know maybe even entertainment you know it's just everything is visual and it's very 
marriage is amazing marriage is great we have our you know a big wedding etc etc mm-hmm. no one kind of goes into it um but well, that's the thing though i think in this yeah. day and age it's very manicured and so you yes. people talk to you about a wedding but they don't talk to you about marriage yes yeah, you see what I mean? yeah. yeah. Uh, people talk about where they're getting married they talk about who's going to be there they talk about the lead up and all the fanciful stuff but mm-hmm. i've always thought that if you're lucky a wedding is for you but it's mostly for the people who attend the marriage is for you like that's yeah. what happens when all the dust settles and Absolutely. yeah that's that's the and that's just the i even mention um sorry sarah i think i um just no, no, no. very quickly um Quabbs is also married sorry to put that out there guys you might hear this lovely <laughs> voice and think you have a shot but you don't <laughs> no um but i'm saying that because just to put that out there so that you can get the perspectives that he comes with you know when we um go a bit further but sorry sorry you was gonna yeah no i was gonna say i completely agree i think um one of the one of my i call it my favorite lines but one of the lines i love in the book was that you know i placed wedding over marriage Mm. um and I did that because there were a lot of things I was shielding, a lot of pain that I was hiding from, the, you know, the breakdown of the relationship. But when I realised that the relationship was not going the way that I had desired, I the wedding became my prize. Mm-hmm. I didn't think about what was to come after that. You know, I was about to say I do to somebody who I I, I should say I don't. Do you know what I mean? It shouldn't mm-hmm. happen that, that way. Um, yeah. But because it's like, oh, everyone knows now. And, you know, everyone's involved. The wedding's yeah. in a couple of weeks at this point or, or yeah. however many days at this point. Um, how dare I cancel this? Yeah. So let's just go have this amazing wedding with all the vendors that I want to have and mm-hmm. eat all the food and let it be, you know, <laughs> on Bella yeah. Ninja. Yeah. Okay, but when Bella Ninja's done, when your friends are eating your food... It's just you. It's just you. When your mum's taking off her gale, yeah. it is just you and yeah. your husband yeah. in your household, unhappy as heck because you didn't think about the marriage and I think we'll get we'll get into it but I think culture is it, it's almost like um not a double-edged sword it's it, this it's great on one end and on the other mm. end it can be very damaging um I'm one that loves tradition I love everything about it um but on the other hand there's so many things that restrict us just due to to culture and I find that what you mentioned about you know you, you can't cancel almost because what are people going to think it's gone mm. this far but ultimately when you think about it it's what matters the most is your happiness and happiness. there's a saying actually if my friend was here she would laugh I have a saying for everything especially um Ghanaian sayings but there's a saying in tree um where they basically say that a an issue does not celebrate its one year anniversary yeah mm. um and what they're trying to say is you know when there's a scandal right you might say oh my gosh look what's going on next year you're not even going to remember it yeah i mean so i say that to say that whatever if at that moment um or if you're in any situation you feel like oh, i don't want to let people down or you know i don't want to enter this marriage but what are people going to say people won't care they'll talk about you for a while Mm. but who cares and after a while that talk will be redundant because there'll be another quote-unquote scandal if you want to a hundred percent like just to look at life in general when you think about some of the nonsense that people have just come through and the scandals and the defamation and people just keep it going i can remember that those me too feels like a million years ago mm-hmm. it feels like it but people were being exposed for rape yeah. sexual assault indecent behavior and some of those people have come back and got jobs again Do you yeah. know what i mean 
So there's always something. There's always something bigger to mm-hmm. take the news to, to take mm-hmm. the to take the shine away from it. But I think yeah. Sarah, I guess what I wanted to. I mean, I, you know, let's start at the beginning. Let's yeah. start at the beginning. I wanna, I wanna know, I wanna know how things were when you felt like it started to go bad, and then finally, what was driving you towards the finish line of having a wedding mm. whilst already thinking that this is probably not where I should be. So let's let's do that. We can and jump if there in were any flags as well. Yeah, 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 mm. yeah. Exactly. Okay. All right. So I think. To kind of put context, um, put everything in context. So we were together for about six years, and I'll say the first two and a half years was on and off, and then the remaining three and a half years—is that my math right? Yeah, <laughs> the remaining three and a half years was consistent, and um, the reasons why we broke up quite frequently in, in the the first time, it reared its head again the second time. So, um, we met at university. Um, he didn't go to my university, but he was connected to my university in some way or, or, or other. But he was actually an international student. Um, and so he eventually went back to his home country. Mm-hmm. Um, and then we, we were in a long distance relationship and it just didn't function for us. Then he moved back and we were together and then he went back. Um, and, you know, we we're long distance successfully for a while until all of the issues that happened the first time, which was poor communication, um, you know, trust kind of being broken, um, respect just not really being there, it came back again. Mm-hmm. Um, and so for me, I don't know if maybe because I'd experienced it before, when it happened again, my tolerance levels for it were quite low. But the difference the, the, from the first time, which made me break up with him when it happened the first time, mm-hmm. to the second time was now I was engaged. Mm-hmm. So I had this commitment that everyone knew about. Um, and our families loved each other um it was almost as if like you would think that I was his mum's choice for him right. um until the relationship with families went sour it was great mm. um and so that also made it hard um I remember times when we were not in the best place and I would get phone calls um because I try not to involve you know family members in situations but I remember one time when family engaged. engaged you know what I mean but I remember one time um one of his family members caught wind of what was going on and they literally called me they're like oh Sarah you know you know how he is sometimes please what do you mean by what what was going on like Like, in terms of there was just friction and it got to the point where before because we had a big traditional wedding so we actually had the traditional wedding and before the traditional wedding about six weeks beforehand I was like I'm done I can't do this like this is before the traditional wedding before the traditional wedding yeah I was like I'm done I can't do this I can't have this level of disrespect Mm-hmm. at this stage and then when it comes to you know being married that means the disrespect is just going to increase yeah, um and so because I called it off and I was just like nope stop sending invitations just stop it I hadn't yet told my family because I think a part of me knew I was bluffing mm. being- do you think it was bluffing or you didn't want to lose what you had essentially I didn't want to lose what I had so when I did it when I called it off I was so adamant I was ready I was like yep I'm single you know, none of this anymore. I'm ready. <laughs> okay, the next day I woke up, I said, wow, Sarah, you know, do you really want to go down this road? Mm-hmm. Um, and so it didn't take a lot of convincing when I got the phone call to say, do you know what? Like, just try and sort it out. And we did. It, we, yeah. it, that whole breakup lasted like two and a half days. Yeah. Okay. Um, mm-hmm. And then we had a big traditional wedding. And, you know, even at the, even the day of the traditional, we were at odds. Mm-hmm. And I remember thinking to myself, 
I'm about to traditionally marry somebody who doesn't even like me mm, right as now. As a person? Oh, right. Okay. Okay. That's what I thought right now. Mm. But it was afterwards, what I'd say, maybe a few weeks after traditional wedding, I realized that we loved each other, but we stopped liking each other. And we had a conversation about this, that we literally used to be best friends. And that was one of the things we used to boast about in our relationship, yeah. that we were like boys, like at, yeah. to a point where sometimes I had to say, you know what, I can't even be like this with you because that's how you <laughs> start calling me bro. Do you know what I mean? Yeah, yeah. But we were so close. Um, and then we went from being friends to almost being like transaction partners. And I say mm. transaction partners because we would only speak what it had to do with the wedding. It was like, okay, right. right, we need to pay for this. Okay, that's too expensive. All it's right, like when people have it. kids. It's literally and they only speak and, about the kids. And we only spoke about the wedding. It's because we, we didn't like each other. You know, mm. we had so many unresolved issues. I would say the flags were always present, but I didn't know they were flagged. I just thought they were normal things that people went through in a relationship. Like, um, like what? So, like, okay, poor communication. I know people say men don't communicate, but it goes from poor communication to I'm finding out things about our relationship or about you from other people that's important to us mm. as a union. And I'm finding this out from like not even just your male friends your female friends that's irritating like because to me now you're intentionally trying to disrespect me but mm. those things there I just saw it as oh maybe I'm being insecure and because I was good friends with a Did lot you of ever bring it up with him oh I definitely oh I oh me I definitely brought it up but it was almost a thing of like oh sorry you're overreacting and sometimes I thought maybe I'm overreacting but you know imagine being in a room with a bunch of people and they're telling you things about your relationship that you should know or about the person you're with that you mm. should know but you don't know and then when you bring it up it's almost dismissed as if oh whatever I don't need to tell you everything right you know so there was a definite but, breakdown in communication from absolutely yeah absolutely and we are, these, are these things that you could understand why you didn't know or are these things that you thought that fundamentally being a fiance you being some about to be someone's wife these are things that were like absolutely essential do you see what I mean were any other mm. things that you yeah, thought yeah, that it, was never, like, it, was never, it was never trivial like oh yeah I'm going to the park today <laughs> it was never like that, do you know what I mean? Yeah. But I think what shocks me, if I'm being honest, um, Carmen, is that that was never the case. So imagine being like being so close to someone that you know everything they're doing, small and big, yeah. and yeah. then they move to the other side of the world, and you're already upset because it's like, okay, you're not really prioritizing our relationship. But I get it. We're in two different countries, so everything's not going to be the same. But you know, you find time to speak to your friends about these important things. But me, it's that, oh, why are you calling me? But mm. I, you know what I mean? It was almost like, it was almost like, you know, I, a, a different person. It was I, like I when was you pull, just about to ask you, Sarah, if you felt like you didn't know him anymore. Because that's what it I sounds felt like, like I didn't know him anymore. But because mm. I had experience of the breakup the first time, mm. it's like I didn't know that person. It just wasn't the person that I, that left People to change go back. As well. People change. And I think this is what, this is what as women we need to understand is that when people change, can you handle the change? Because mm-hmm. I said to myself, oh, this is just temporary. This is just how he is when he's mm-hmm. there. So let me not overreact because we're going to get married and then somewhere or the other, we're either going to live together here or I'm going to move there. So when we're together, these issues won't arise. That's what mm-hmm. I told myself. That was my... Yeah, but that's, I guess that, that's the, this is the big difference, right? People, I always say to my female friends when they ask me about men changing right i'm like can you change a man 
And I'm like, when a man's out of nappies, you're done change, you're done being able to change him. Like that's the last <laughs> time you can change him when you're out of nappies. Like that's mm. how that's how I I originally thought about it. But then I thought actually changing is one thing, but I see it as different to evolving, right? So mm. when you change, you make a conscious decision to be different or maybe it's the result of being exposed to certain stimulus you decide to be something different when you evolve you become a better form of yourself yes just by existing because your surroundings require you to so you improve i feel like people shouldn't necessarily change in relationships but they should definitely evolve so i always say to i always say like my wife been with her since like i was 19 years old so i always think i always say so like i haven't changed like the same things I was doing then, I'm doing now, blah, blah. And I'm adamant I haven't changed. And I still maintain that the fundamentals of my personality haven't changed. But mm. have I evolved? Yeah, because I've mm. had to. Do you see what I mean? There's certain things that she demands of me now that she perhaps didn't demand me before. Or things that she didn't even have to, she didn't feel she had to make clear that there are mm. things you wanted. That I took for granted, right? That I was just like, oh, well, this is fine, blah. But when you realize this is, thing has changed, you then have to evolve and be better for your relationship. But I think the changing thing is one thing. But if someone's not evolving, that's a red flag, right? You've you've made it clear that. But sometimes it's not as apparent. That's the thing, because I I feel like sometimes you could. This happens in in you know female friendships, male to male, woman to woman, whatever. But I think, and I agree with you in terms of evolving, because when you're evolving, you're almost complementing. Well, you're supposed to be evolving together, and then you you know eventually complement one another. But I feel like sometimes. When people change, from what Sarah's explained, it seems like he 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 became a bit different. I could be wrong, mm. and because there was such a breakdown in communication, she wasn't recognizing this person, and it's almost like you're fighting a brick wall. Because you know, I I and I've I've had people in my life where I feel like I I don't know you anymore, and as you could have known them for ten years, you could have known them for six years. If that new version does not align with you, then it's almost like you're starting from scratch, and sometimes you're just not compatible. Do you see what I'm saying? So I feel like... Mm. Yeah, and I think that's what makes it scary because when you're in a friendship, it's kind of like, oh, this is sad. When you're engaged, it's like, there's no, oh, this is sad. This is a... (laughs) You feel like you have to work it out. And I think you made a really valid point about evolving. I always say this. I say that when we met, we were 19. I was 19. He was Mm. 20-something. And I, I remember saying that the person I was at 19 when we first got together was not the person I was when he proposed to me in my mid twenties and, and the person who I was when we broke up. Um, and I say that because I evolved um, and I, and I don't, and yeah, fundamental, fundamentally my personality stayed the same and everything, but there were parts about me as that was still very teenage because I was a teenager that was no longer there as I grew into a young lady. Um, and I think when that happened, it was almost like we weren't evolving together or at the same rate. Um, and that's not me saying, oh, maybe he's was evolving slower or faster. That just was our reality. Mm. Um, and so at the time when he, I would say, changed, because I wouldn't call it evolving. Um, and I say this, I say this to Nikita, I don't slam to him or badmouth him because I don't think he's a bad person. I don't think I would have stayed for six years if he was a bad person. Yeah. I just, what I saw was that when things happened in his life, he would become this person that I don't know. But unfortunately, because communication had completely broken down, 
a lot of these things I was not aware of. So I'm finding out these things, being in another country from a family member saying, oh, do you know this is happening in his life? And I'm like, what? And then I make it's sense embarrassing of his, as well. It's embarrassing. And I make sense of his weird behaviour because I'm like, oh, okay, that makes sense. That's why he's acting out. But really and truly, how long as a partner should you be doing that? And that for me is a red flag because you don't want a situation where you are married and you have kids and then life happens and then your partner checks out. And then when yeah. life goes the way he wants it to, he checks back in. Mm -hmm. And that was our situation. What, what, is, what is a breakdown in communication? Is it as simple as I was talking and asking him questions and he was giving me nothing? Like, what is a breakdown in communication? You, you know what, right? I was thinking that, but and I felt like I knew he was going to ask that question. I, I, I feel like, and maybe not necessarily in your situation, Sarah, but simply sometimes it's, I don't want to communicate with that person. I don't want to tell that person this, that, and the other. It might even be, I don't like that person anymore. And I think, I can only talk from the start of being a woman. You want to hold on so much that, you know, you're like, you're willing to make it work. Maybe he's tired or maybe mm. he's stressed out or maybe it's just, and sometimes, again, not in Sarah's particular situation, but sometimes it's the, the breakdown is, I don't want to talk to that person. So I'm not going to talk to that person. And then we label it because what what essentially what is a breakdown of communication? If the internet cuts that now, that's a breakdown of communication. But if you're in a relationship with someone and they're not telling you things about their life that are very important to either your union or things that you should know because you know your partners, it's not a breakdown in communication. Sometimes the person just—it's almost like a ding ding ding. This is not really going where it's supposed to be going, and yeah, I might not want to. Hmm. That person has chosen just like to not communicate with you. So yeah. as. I do see it's different, but I mean, I don't want to get lost in semantics. I mean, what I want to uncover is whether a breakdown suggests that there was a, like Nikki said, there's a blockage, there's an obstacle. Mm. Like, what do you think that could have been? Is it, is it, was it a pride thing? These things that he was going through, whether mm. was it that he couldn't come to talk to you because of pride? Could he not come to talk to you because well, he's naturally quite, uh, yeah, is he, or does he keep things to himself naturally? What was it that stopped you from getting over that? That I think it was probably pride and I say that because the things were things that you know as I'll say African men because I can only relate it to being African um, you were taught that you know you must be able to do this for your family or do this for your wife and so on and so forth and he came from a place of privilege yeah he's in, he was an international student so he definitely came from a place of um, privilege <laughs> but things just didn't necessarily go in the way he expected for his life um right. the rate that it was for other people he was close to mm. um and you're thinking right, i'm about to marry this this woman um mm. and she's she's doing x in her life and i'm here doing x in my life trying to match up basically can, we, can i match up um and so it was almost like a choice not to discuss or be vulnerable with me in a way that he once would have been. And I think the pressure of knowing that, okay, I'm going to get married, obviously played a massive part mm -hmm. in some of his behaviours. And I know that because it also came out in counselling, which we, if even that was interesting, we... Well, so you tried, okay, so you guys tried, that's it. That's interesting. That's a, yeah. tried, but the thing is, the that's interesting is because when it got so bad, I was like, we need to get a counsellor. We're supposed to have counselling, pre-marital counselling that... Every week there was a new excuse, yeah. But when it got so bad, we eventually did the counselling, but he opted for us to do it separately before we did it together. Mm -hmm. 
And that was weird to the counsellor and it was weird to me. But the counsellor said, let's just go with it because obviously there are things he I can't like, say. It sounds like he had his like own thing. I feel, like that makes, I feel like that makes sense. Yeah, I feel like that makes sense. Yeah. I, maybe and, 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 you can give me light on this. Yeah. So go on. Okay, so <laughs> this, is, this is the thing, right? I'm First of all, many years ago, many, many years ago, like seven or eight years ago, I was having a conversation with my wife and all her family. Like, my wife's family are pretty like basically 90% women, right? My own family is like 80% women. So I'm just always surrounded by women. So I was I was having a conversation, I think it was around the Christmas time, you know, when you're just having like loads of late night conversations. And I can't remember exactly what I said, but then I caught myself thinking, I'm tr- I'm going to try from this point onwards not to make any sweeping generalizations about any, any gender or the other, any group of people, right? So when I say this, I'm not speaking for men, I'm speaking for me, right? Mm. That's what I'm going to say first of all, foremost. But I will say that if the two of us have got issues and we want to do counselling, I'm the kind of person who, I want to do the counselling together, like like you're both talking about, I think that's where I would go. But Mm. for someone who wants to go and have separately uh, a session and to understand some of their thoughts before they bring it to the table. I completely understand. If your mm-hmm. goal is to be able to put your thoughts in order so that when you come to the conversation, you're able to articulate what you want to say and you're able to portray your point of view in a coherent fashion, then yeah, do that. Because if you come into this counseling session and then Sarah says her piece and I come say my bit, but because I'm so frustrated, I can't articulate. I spend my whole time getting angry about the fact that what I'm saying isn't taking the way I want to be said. It's coming out of my mouth. It's not saying, like, all that stuff is going to set us back, like, five steps instead of us moving forward. If I come to you ready and prepared, so that, I, like, once I deliver it and I said exactly what I want to say, if Sarah doesn't agree, it's not because I have failed to communicate. It's because I'm wrong. Or it's because she right. sees things differently. It's not because I haven't been able to communicate and articulate myself. So I understand that. I, I don't say don't do that. I get what you're saying. And I don't know his reasons to be honest. Um, mm. but it was quite it felt extreme because mm. I, I was only gonna be in the country at the time for a short amount of time. So it didn't make sense for us not to utilize that time. Yeah. Can I just cut you for one second? And um I'm so sorry. Remember, she's already discussed, and I kind of want us to move on from this soon, but um from this particular point, but she's already um discussed that there was a breakdown so at that point maybe um she might not have understood why he would have taken those particular actions if they were trying to resolve things as a couple together Mm. and maybe if it was prior to that um it would have been a bit more understood that okay do you know what you're going through a few things so let's do it separately and then come together but remember this is this is quite close to the traditional it's quite so at least so the counseling yeah yeah actually it was very close Mm. to the traditional not too far from the white wedding um and so many things came out from his counseling session that he then came back to tell me during argument. Um, and it was almost like, at this point, I don't know if you want to resolve this. Um, but because I was like, we're getting married whether you like it or not. And that was my mentality. <laughs> now, I'm going to be honest, I'll keep it 100. Um, I think even if Was he... that culture? Or was that love? No, it was just Sarah Longer, if I'm being honest. <laughs> <laughs> it was really? just... It was just me. And that's what I'm saying that even when I look back at that person, it's hard to recognize her. Mm. But I love I love the fact that I've I mm. kind of went through that and I saw my madness. Yeah. Mm. Because it was like, okay, that's nice. 
but we're gonna get married mm. and it wasn't because of anything but it was like i've invested this is how i thought about it i've invested too much time i cannot even show my face in church at work to my friends if this flops yeah so mm. what we are gonna do is we're gonna fix it before we get married and if we can't fix it before we get married let's get married and fix it but what i now know and what i yeah. now understand yeah. is that whatever anybody's showing you in courtship so what i whatever i was showing him in courtship and whether he was showing me in courtship only amplifies once you get married of course. and that's straight facts and unfortunately for him um and unfortunately for me is that we we just couldn't we couldn't get the balance between like trying to make each other happy without it being at the detriment of ourselves mm, and it blew okay. up and then it blew up and that's what I would say that's why when I said he's not a bad person I honestly believe in our relationship that a lot of the things he did do was because oh I don't want to make Sarah upset or oh because I love Sarah but when things were going left for him emotionally or whether he decided that oh this relationship may not be able to work I think he probably stayed a bit longer because of that um, and then eventually it was just like, oh, bandits, I'm not happy. So I'm going to treat you badly and not break up with you. But then right before the wedding, I'm going to say I'm not turning up. And that's what happened. And that's why everyone in before, my... Like, before we get into, into yeah. you know, how, how the engagement kind of broke off, I think there's a there's a definitely a lesson for men and women that, you know, wh- when you're not happy, it's just best to address things, whether that's from the man's yeah. side or the woman's side. It doesn't, and I could be wrong. I don't want to talk on your personal situation as much because I, we don't know. You know what I mean? We're not mm. there. But if it doesn't seem like the issue was a, a you know, overnight kind of decision, you know, mm-hmm. and a lot of people stay in things where they're either not happy or you know, they just don't. They might not even want to be in a relationship, or they want to work it out, but they don't know how to. But the, the point here is communication, because even when you mention the point where you're like, I'm just going to make this work especially from a cultural um and when i say cultural and african point of view you listed so many factors for example church church should be the one place that if you were going to make for example a mistake you should not be condemned you know what i mean in general any church or whatever or any religious building um or faith um or following and i feel like these are the things that almost constrain us you know that that, that keep us there because you might want to leave something, as you mentioned, but you're literally saying to yourself, you've got family, you've got friends, you've got your peers, your mm-hmm. colleagues, you've got the church, and those people get to live their life. And effectively, you know, that person is, is almost in bondage. So I think that's a key thing that I, I want anyone that's listening, that's, you know, in a similar position. I'm not telling you to leave your, your partners, guys, <laughs> but just be real and true to yourself so that you don't end up disappointing yourself and somebody's um, child or so. But I think... Well, I- Oh, sorry. Well, I was just going to say, sorry, sir. Just, just very quickly to what Nikki was saying. It's like there's a school of thought that human beings react more to the idea of loss than the idea of gain. So if you're in a situation where you're not happy, the idea of losing everything, so whether it's that relationship with that person or the status of being engaged or the prospects of being happy when your friends are like, trying to find that person is bigger mm-hmm. than the idea of gaining a lifetime of happiness. Cause I always mm-hmm. say that if you're with someone and you're like, you've been with them for 15 years and they're not making you happy, you can lock off 15 years mm-hmm. and then that will fly by and have 65 years of happiness mm-hmm. without them. Right. Yep. I always say it's idea better to cry for of, six months yeah, than six years. <laughs> exactly. So yeah. people 
people think, oh, well, I've invested five years of my life. I can't, that can't be for nothing. Mm-hmm. That it's not for nothing. It's for the lesson. It's for yeah. the lesson that you now know what you're willing you to You can accept. say that in hindsight, though, or yeah. from the outside. But when you're going that, through it, you might not when take that approach. It, but it's, you're right. But as I've gotten older, like I, I find I'm like that more now. Like yeah. I'm, I, I look at things and I'm like, I'm not going to tell myself because I'm scared of losing this. Yeah. I'm not going to gain what could happen if I don't have it because mm-hmm. surely you can't, you can't, you yeah. can't look at it like that. It's too hard. Absolutely, and I think I always say this to people is that when I used to cry to be like God, like six years of my life just gone dusted. Where do I start from now? And I remember I was praying one day, um, and the word I received during prayer was, "But what is six years to eternity?" Mm. Um, and you know, I believe marriage is such a beautiful institution created by God, and for me, it's like you know, the person I marry should be the person that I say I'm going to do life with. My years on earth, by the grace of God, I have many, many more years. And I'd rather have those many, many more years with the right person. And the thing is about happiness is that if you are unhappy in your singlehood, when you get into courtship, that unhappiness is only hidden. You're still unhappy. What you do sometimes is you try to direct your happiness in a person. So it's just like, oh, I'm in this relationship and he makes me so happy. But the moment he stops making you happy, it's like your world falls apart and that person gets beaten for more than what they've, for a crime, more than what they've actually committed. So it's just like, oh, you've made me so unhappy. Sis, you were unhappy before you got with him. (laughs) You know what I mean? Like, I think people need to be more honest with themselves. It's things like self-esteem, confidence. Honestly, honestly. And I I think being self-aware is another thing that in hindsight, you know, I look back and I remember having conversations and um, he's not here, so I feel like it's hard for, him, for me to speak on him about him defending himself. But I remember having conversations with him and he would say things to me like, oh, you know, um, I'm just not a happy person, but I'm happy in this relationship. And I used to be like, oh, that's so cute. I'll make him happy. <laughs> no, no. Mm-hmm. And the thing is, in that moment... As like, well, I'm not a happy person. Yeah. But I'm not a happy person, do you know what I mean? Like, yeah. in, that per- in that moment, um, I'm older now, as a caring partner you can be flattered by the fact that your partner says, oh, you make me happy, but I'm not a happy person. Or you can be like, mm, why aren't you happy? Do you know what yeah, I mean? Like, yeah. what issues? Because those issues, it came out. The thing and is, when yeah, came- we romanticise the idea of love. That's as, 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 a, as, as people, we, we, you know, everything is cute. I've had someone say to me once that, you know, I, I, I hate being alone, so being with you makes me happy, and that was flags for me. That's weird. That's yeah. to me as a person, I love being alone. Like I absolutely love my own space. So, and and then if someone says something like that, I see it manifesting through their choices of relationship. You know how quickly mm. they might move on, um, how they can't. You know, they, there's never a time of them being by themselves. It's always finding that love and happiness in somebody else. And you're right; it does come with um, either experience or age, or even mm. understanding um, this concept of love because there's obviously no one way to 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 view it but those are things like that what you just mentioned are definitely things that you know are i always say there's like white flags before the red flags or there's like different Mm -hmm. flags before the the big the bigger flags and things like that are definitely things we need to pick up on i kind of want to move on to um the reactions from your from family members you know you mentioned that you know it was you guys kind of separated not kind of you separated um, after the traditional and a week before your scheduled white wedding so how mm-hmm. did that play out and what was the reaction from your family um to be honest like I think 
everyone was more concerned. So my immediate family and my friends, they were more concerned about how I was, um, you know, about like, if I was going to be okay, you know, the ones where your mum's coming to check up and you're like, let me just make sure this girl's not doing anything <laughs> stupid, yeah. you know, and um, that was the initial reaction. And then the rage came, the serious outrage, like I've got two brothers, I've got a dad, I'm the only girl um, from my mum. And, you know, I've got older cousins. I've got a whole bunch of brothers' friends. And all of them were just Italian. mad. Do you understand? <laughs> yeah. They were literally like, no, 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 no. Because to them, I'm I'm Sarah. I'm I'm their baby sister. So yeah. they they don't see anything wrong with me, mm. obviously. You know, I'm perfect. I'm joking. <laughs> but um, there was a lot of like, no, but why and how? And I think it was the fact that everyone who met him loved him. So it's like you welcome this person into your family yeah. and into into your life, and, and the timeline like, as well, and the timeline, and also to to add to make things worse. And I don't know if I've shared this with you, Nikita, but it's in my book. Mm-hmm. Um, I found out the wedding getting was getting previews, Cobbs. I know you're getting previews. You know what I mean? <laughs> Keep behind the <laughs> behind the scenes, out. behind the scenes. <laughs> I'm telling yeah. you, <laughs> I found out um, that the wedding was he wasn't going to come for the wedding or be in attendance of the wedding at the wedding from his mum by a text message. What? So, sorry, hold on. Backtrack. You found that he wasn't going to come or he was going Backtrack to where? That he wasn't. He you wasn't, found out yeah. he wasn't attending, going to attend the wedding through his mum. Via text message. Okay. So it just got worse and worse. And for my dad, like my dad's a very... Um, you know, like a person that's really Respect. dramatic. So my dad oh. created the whole scenario of you could have, you could have been driving when you saw that message, and that's how you'd have just spun the car. Like but that true. was that thing. But it's true. Do you know what it I mean? True. And it's like, at what point for him it was like in the African culture, in the Nigerian culture, you've paid this girl's bride price, so you've right. come to me. Right. Asked hand in marriage yeah. so now i've given her over to you no and if she arises you don't come to me to say oh this is the situation at hand because that's how my dad's thinking why mm. didn't they come to to the parents but my mum, who's i would say more western was like why didn't he come to you you yeah and that's and and it's like either way it's like I should have never heard it from his mum, and it should have never been never. through. Text. That should of never, that should never and, be. And as you're and talking about the story, is. I'm outraged. You know, talk less yeah. of, of how you're feeling. And and just to badger on that point of culture, I'm I'm really big on tradition. And you know, it, it, if you come for my hand in marriage, even if you got married and there's issues, you guys will try and work it out. Let's just say it's not working out. The families kind of get involved. You know what's going on, etc. etc. If you give them the chance to, but. The text message and from the mother, I'm I'm spun literally. I'm like, wow. But also, why is she enabling that behavior by agreeing to do it? Like, yeah. what? And, and this is this is the part of the problem. And this is what I was saying. Funny enough, to his sister, his sister reached out to me not too long ago, and she was saying, you know, like um, my family still love you. And I said, hmm? I said, oh, my mum teaches a daughter. And I said, okay, so your mum will text you and say to you <laughs> five days before your wedding. I was I was literally on my way to my friend's wedding couldn't go to oh. my friend's wedding when this happened yeah um and so your mom will text you and be like oh hi person x um yeah your wedding's not going to be happening this saturday because your fiance is not going to be attending your mom wouldn't do that to you and she literally paused because in all these years she didn't know how i found out so right. i told her in that moment and i said to her so when i'm here being respectful to your parents it's not because they did me well 
Mm. It's because of my upbringing has taught me not to be disrespectful to my elders. But understand something. Had I had I lost myself that day, your mum would have got it. Facts, because mm. you don't do that to people. Do you understand? Then in my mind, I'm thinking, am I supposed to respond to this? And I remember seeing that and I was dressed up for my friend's wedding and I remember just shaking. Like, what is going on? Like, what is going on? The last I heard, it was like, okay, everything was cool. I'm trying to call you because you're supposed to be on a plane and I can't get through to you. But your phone is ringing, which tells me you're not on a plane. So in my mind, I'm thinking, mm, something's not adding up. But at the same time, I'm like, mm. and I don't know if it was me being naive or me just thinking there's no way he would do this to me. Mm. and yeah, it was also the reason it was the major part and it was also the reason of like in the end the excuse that was given um which was clearly the cover-up was that oh there was an issue with travel documents honestly the story is wild and that part of the story I had to speak to a lawyer to, to make sure that I could or couldn't talk about it in the book so I didn't mm. really talk about it in the books so I can't right. talk about it on the podcast That's um, because it's literally their word against mine mm-hmm. um but it was almost like it was I was watching someone else's life, um, and being and and it was out. It was an out of body experience. So okay, yeah, so my family were were outraged. Um, my church, I honestly think I've just been blessed with great leaders, and you know they really really rallied around me at that time. Um, so I was scared for no reason. I thought, oh yeah, they're gonna come and be like, oh, this Christian relationship. How did this happen? X, Y, and Z. And obviously mm-hmm. there were some people because obviously the church is more than one person. Mm-hmm. But ultimately the people who mattered, they were there, not just for me, but for him. Mm-hmm. Because and, and it's important that- to make note of yeah. that. And you know, you you've you've continuously through every point that I've spoken to you about this particular topic, you've never, um, like you said, you're, you're there's no slander, you know. Mm-hmm. And I, um. I always say, even when parents divorce or people go to separate and they have children, mm. it, it kind of, it's not about um, them anymore. It's about, you know, creating a good environment for their children. Yeah. And likewise, now you have memories that you need to kind of respect and, and hold on to to, to to some end. But I I think it sometimes we do things and we don't realise that our actions are actually a reflection of ourselves. If you came on mm-hmm. here now and was like, he's a so-and-so, so, 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 mm. so. Even if people did believe your story, it's a bit like, hmm, the way this girl's talking, maybe she too, she had her own. You, you know what I mean? Mm-hmm. And another thing I was going to mention as well is through the lo- this this last period of, of you know, from the counselling up until the text message, maybe they, the breakdown of communication that we were trying to decipher, Corbs, is, is this mm-hmm. right here. Because at what point was you going to communicate with this person that you have made your fiancé, you know? Um, mm-hmm. and And if... Sometimes, again, not in this particular um, situation, but sometimes I find that men and women, fear can make you kind of pull back a little bit where you feel like, I can't deal with this, or I don't know how it's going to go, so I don't want to talk on this too much. But I can only imagine that, you know, if, if, if there was a conversation, even if you left it crying, you know, because from what you've detailed, there were a few issues. It's not like it's mm. come from nowhere. Obviously, it's still upsetting. Yeah. But at least you could have had that conversation to go forward. But the text message and and fruit via the mum. That's is... unacceptable. That's unacceptable. That's a that's a full that's a full stop on the relationship in a way that it's like you've outsourced the management of your relationship. Yeah. Whatever happens in the relationship, you should at the very least be equal partners in dealing with the difficulties as well as celebrating celebrating the successes. If someone then decides that this part of the relationship is something I can't be able to deal with, that's a really 
it's a really I think it's actually a disgusting way to approach it because it's as if to say this mm. part here isn't good for me. It's also not going to be good for you, but mm. I don't care enough to deal with it myself. So here, you shovel it yeah. all on and that other person. And being a coward about it. Yeah. Yes. No, and, and honestly, like, I, you know, I'll let you say it, but that's what it was. And I think, in all honesty, people said to me, you know, like, I can't believe he did that. And maybe like five months later, I was like, well, I can. Because... Mm that trait wasn't something that that uh, that trait was was a running theme in our relationship where instead of just saying things I would have to guess it was like I was doing some like um, you know when you're trying to guess a riddle and it's like just give me the answer but I would yeah. have to guess I'd have to almost drag things out of him because it was almost like he didn't know what my my reaction was going to be or um and you know some I wonder asked him I said is it because you think I'm just going to go mad like and I remember yeah, he used to say this thing that. that oh that you know he thought that maybe one day yeah, he thought that maybe one day I was going to be that woman that would just go crazy on the street. You know that woman you see create, go crazy on the street? Mm-hmm. And I said to him, have I ever done anything to make you think I'd be that person? And he said no, but it was based on his previous experiences that I think That's he just kind of lumped that on me. Mm-hmm. And I felt like that was quite unfair. And I thought we'd move past it. Massively, but then we I think that's massively unfair. I think that's, a, I think that's one of the though. most unforgivable... It's very common, but I think it's one of the most unforgivable things to do in a relationship, to make yeah. someone else pay for the the mistakes of the people before them mm-hmm. like if you are entering a relationship with someone and you're going to look at them through the lens of someone who has ever hurt you mistreated you or whatever like you you're that person is fat and with a handicap like mm-hmm. you're not giving them a fair yeah. chance at being happy with that person yeah like and i know it's very yeah. easy for me to say because you know me and my wife got together so early and my experience with women in general just like limited i mean i was 19 years old i used to talk mm-hmm. to women all the time it's always been easier for me but actually like in relationships and stuff that wasn't happening mm-hmm. so i didn't have anyone mm-hmm. i can say oh well, this person hurt me so blah blah do you know what i mean all heartache mm-hmm. i know comes from boys and men tunes so it's like i don't have that to put on <laughs> someone else but i think that in general as human <laughs> beings like we don't we don't it's funny because we don't do that anywhere else other than in relationships you know what i mean if you meet a friend who mistreats you, you're less likely to meet a new person and be like, oh, I used to be friends with this person. And when they used to say hello in that kind of way, I knew that they were up to no, up to no good. You but don't do that. What is the relationship? You, you, say do that. That. you say that, but we do. You know what it is about relationships? We do do that in friendships. Go on, Sarah. Yeah, go on. Yeah. I think I think in friendships we do, but it's not it's not this, the same magnitude. Mm. And I think it's because the way you give your heart to a partner will always be different to the way you give your heart to a friend. Agreed. And the matters of the heart, you know, the Bible talks about guarding your heart with all diligence because out of it, you know, is, is where the issue of life comes from. And I think the truth of the matter is when you get into a relationship, there's only so much you will guard your heart. You guard it and then eventually you just kind of let, like, you know, the person come in and, you know, yeah. um, and when you have been so unguarded to somebody um and they miss they they break it or they do something um or so on and so forth you have to be intentional mm. about your healing i always say this to people that what someone did to you that's not your fault but he, your healing is your responsibility yes, you can't put that on anyone else do you know what i mean yeah 100%, yeah so I think that was part of the problem, unfortunately. And, you know, you asked the question before, like, how did his mum enable it? Well, this is my thing about mummy's boys is that 
on the one hand, it's like, oh, you love the fact they respect their mum and they, they have a great relationship with their mum. And on the other side, you're thinking, ah, are you still connected? Like, are you the umbilical cord? Has it not been cut? Because mm. you don't even know who is in your relationship anymore. You know? What is and, a mummy's way? Uh, okay. <laughs> I think it's, it's it's a man that's or a boy <laughs> that is very <laughs> reliant and dependent on under his mum's influence. Yeah. Um. There's a lot of them out there. That should be added. Okay, that's, that's, that's a fair. That's a fair description. Yeah, I like that. That definitely should. Be added. <laughs> that's a fair description. I like that. <laughs> and I think, do you know what? Um. In terms of like moving forward now yeah yeah and and moving into a new relationship how how would you say how are you feeling now and just briefly how long did it take you to get i know you said it's been about four years now but yeah how long did it take for you to because healing is not linear you know it, it kind of mm. goes up and down and sometimes it takes longer than 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 you assume or anticipate but how are you now um how how are you feeling towards you know, how does it impact your life now? And are you ready to explore further? Like, I kind mm. of want to see if I want people to see the hope. And you know, do you get what I'm saying, Quatsy? Yeah, no, yeah. I, I see yeah. what you mean. I mean, like, we want to know. I guess we want to know your what you're waiting to tell moment was like when you decide it's going to be. Like, so you see what I mean? Yeah, yeah. Because oh. I, I think, look, you you sound like a very positive, confident, and assured person. Yes. But we are a culmination and representation of the experiences that we have. Mm-hmm. And good or bad, they help to shape who we are now. So as you sit there, mm. as Sarah now, someone who's accomplished, you're an author, mm. you have a business, mm-hmm. you are a minister, click, 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 you've, got click. Your, you've got your job, you're spinning <laughs> plates. You feel confident enough to mm. do all those things to a high level every day. There was a journey that got you there. Now we've seen your trial by fire, but when did you decide that you know now, this is it? I'm going to take control of it, right? Yeah. And then I'm I'm going to move forward. What was that? What was that process like for you? Um, I think it was just one day I was crying. You know, you're so tired of crying. I was crying. I was praying, and I was like, God, I have to kill this before it kills me. And I know it sounds dramatic, but I was like, I have to kill this before it kills me. And I made a decision to take my life off pause. That's my favorite saying, because everyone else who was, who was affected by the situation, they were affected vicariously. So their life continued. Whereas my life felt like it was still. So everything I wanted to do in that year, I felt like I couldn't do it. And then I made a decision to be proactive in doing what I could do. So getting my house with him was something I couldn't do anymore because one part of the house is not here. Do you know what I mean? Um, but things like I couldn't swim. So I was like, yeah, let me learn how to swim. I took on swimming lessons and I did all of these things and it helped my mental health so side, much. Side, side but, note, how old are you when you started swimming lessons? I'm not talking about that, actually. Hey, um, I'm just saying because I, I started doing swimming lessons I was when, I was, when I was 30. I started doing swimming lessons okay, when I was cool. eight years old. Okay, I'm sorry, I'm 25. Okay, I'm 25. Yeah, see that? <laughs> I'm done. I started now swimming when I was here. six. Yeah, now you're out here trying like to scare, right? Yeah. So, no, it's good. I'm so happy cool. to be a six-year-old swimming self. So. I actually used to swim for Hackney, guys. <laughs> but, um, <laughs> okay, we're so proud of you. Um, exactly. <laughs> okay. Olympian. <laughs> Show it off, in it? My gosh. <laughs> But yeah, go on, go on, go on, go on. Um, yeah, so I, I did all of these things so that I wouldn't look back and, and be upset that, okay, I lost my relationship and I lost all my goals. Like, so I, mm. I did all of that. Did you feel um, like you lost yourself? And then, like, 
I did feel like I lost myself, mm. but I also realized that I didn't lose myself. The, the self that I thought I lost was always there. Mm. But she was just hidden behind all these scars and all this okay. pain and all this, you know, rejection. Because you do feel rejected after that. Like, you feel very rejected. Um, and so I d- made the decision that until I'm ready, I'm going to remain single and work on myself. Mm. I went to counselling, both um, a therapist as well as as um, counselling with the church. Mm. And that helped me massively. Um, I ate too much. That also helped me massively. But I'm four years on and I can't shift the weight, so that's a problem. Well, <laughs> I'm trying. Um, but all of these things... Oh, thank you. I look like I'm five, but it's okay. Um, <laughs> but, you know, all of these things... <laughs> all of these things were really, really important because they were Sarah things. Um, mm. they, I stopped apologising to everyone for what happened to me. <laughs> yeah. You know, I stopped saying, oh, I disappointed you. No, no, no. I focused on myself, you know. I stopped trying to make excuses for him. I was doing it all for me. Um, so I did that for about a year. I remember the first time I tried to date, because I know we spoke about this, mm-hmm. and I knew I wasn't ready. I know I wasn't ready, to be honest with you. But I just wanted to feel accepted. I just wanted to feel like, okay, so you still going. A guy's going to look at you, and that guy thinks you're attractive. And that's real, because yeah. you could look you could look how you want to look. You could have all the things you want to have. But your boyfriend dumps you and all of a sudden you think you're biased, you think you've got nothing to accomplish and you think that the only person who wants you is a man sleeping under the bridge. Like, that's, yeah. like... Rejection cuts just deep goes... as well. Because it, it starts attacking so other things and you start kind of like, if you're like me, if one thing happens, it's like a domino effect. I'm like, this happened this happened. Yeah. 100%. 100%. And for me, it was just like, when I found acceptance in that person, even though it was a load of rubbish... I kind of entertained it until one day it was just like, this isn't helping you. This is counterproductive. Mm. And I thank God that I was quite aware and counselling helped me to be quite aware of my decision-making and my thought process. Mm. Um, And the biggest thing for me was God. Like, my faith meant that I was so hopeful even when everything just looked like it was getting worse That really carried you You through in in those days. It really carried me through. Do you understand? It really, really carried me through. And what it did as well was that I noticed that I I, I qualified myself based on someone else's um, view of me. Yeah. And I said to myself, okay, who does God say Sarah is? Who is my identity in God? Because if I can hold on to that, even if you say to me, ah, oh, Sarah, you're clapped, it will hurt for a second. But then at and the end you of the have day, your reassurance so of what you, you believe want. in yourself. Plus, you have limited my reassurance, and that was a daily thing. You have limited control, right? You have limited control over how someone else sees you, but you Mm -hmm. have almost complete control over how you see yourself. And And we should be taught this. You the idea that you would have that wrapped up in someone else makes it almost impossible to succeed. Like you're already you're on the back foot. If you you can sometimes you can bring people the world, you know, you can bring them the world. You can do everything for them. They look at you like you're less than, then that's what you'll always be. You'll always yeah. be that thing. So if you, if you take the time to reevaluate the way you look at yourself, it also will radiate to other people. Because I always say to people that you are only going to value, people are only going to value as much as you value yourself. Like I always say that. So mm-hmm. it's like when, when I've got, like I've got a couple of, um, I've got a couple of mentees and when they're talking to me can about, oh, like, <laughs> <laughs> can I join? Can I join on? We'll talk after. <laughs> you know, anytime, anytime. When they're talking to me about jobs that they want to go for, and they're like, "Oh, you know, but I don't, I don't ask for too much." And I'm like, "They're out there trying to pay someone to do a job 
who is good. Are you good at what you do? They'll be like, yeah. Man, so why shouldn't you pay, be paid accordingly? If you don't value yourself like that, why should they let mm-hmm. someone else do? You mm-hmm. see what I mean? If you walk into a, if you walk into buy anything, right? Someone's already told you that it costs X amount. You're going to make a decision whether you want to buy that thing or not based on how much you value it. Someone's already given you yeah. what they consider it to be yeah. and how valuable they consider it to be. They've you make a decision as to whether you agree or not. So if you, as a person, you carry yourself, you're like, I'm worth this much. I'm, I should be valued to this amount. Someone will make a decision that, yes, I will value yeah. you the same way. And if you mm-hmm. don't, then we should be spending time together. But we shouldn't be, that's it. Just keep moving. Do you know what I think as well? And um, sometimes I get like comments about um, what I say on this pod, but quite frankly, I don't really mind. I think I'm going to take it there. As women, we're just, we are, we are, I don't want to use the word groomed, especially after the last few weeks. Um, we are, we're told, we, we're pushed to be desired is what I'm trying to say. Everything about us is, you know, you have to look a certain way for a man to, to like, you don't eat too much, you won't get married. Don't eat too much, someone won't like you. Make sure you speak this way. Make sure you smell this so he likes you. And he, 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 he. And I said this on the previous podcast, men are literally taught to be themselves. They can be rough and it's like, yeah, you know how yeah. Joe is. He just likes to roll in the mud. God forbid a woman, you know. Oh, it's, gosh. It's right, you know. You can't yeah. do this because you have to be desirable. You have to be attractive. And I think... What I say to women, especially women that are younger than me, um, is we need to, and, and women older, we need to learn to love ourselves. And I don't mm-hmm. say that lightly. I think if we are, if we were all to go into one big room with a therapist and we were to peel back layers of, of people in relationships, including men, but especially women, um, we would we would basically find out that a lot of people are struggling with self-esteem issues, confidence issues, and that's what pushes them sometimes into these relationships. And that's why sometimes it fails. Not just women. My blame is not on the women at all. I'm just talking from personal experiences. But I think because we are, again, you know, we're taught to be loved by a man and to be desired by a man, and we're not necessarily taught to be Sarah, the standalone person, Mm. but Sarah, the wife and Sarah, the mother, if we just took some time to have that confidence and to love ourselves just a bit more, um, and maybe not even love ourselves a bit, a bit more, but if, if society expected us to love ourselves a bit more, mm. then maybe, you know, we wouldn't find ourselves almost trying to make certain things work because there's many, and I'm generalizing because I know someone's sitting there thinking, oh my God, no, I'm literally generalizing. But there are, we find instances with men where they might not be able to make a date, for example, because, mm. oh, sorry, babe, I can't make the date because, um, I've got to finish this dissertation and I thought I was going to be finished before. Okay, no problem. Woman, <laughs> oh, hey, babe, I can't make it at eight, but can we do nine? I'm going to quickly try and finish this so I can come. There's always this reliance, basically. Yeah. In, in... Anyway, I don't want to go off topic, but basically, just going off what you were saying, I think sometimes we also need to be very real with ourselves, men and women, as to how we view ourselves before we even put ourselves into that relationship. Okay. And that might be able to solve some of the issues i feel like cops is giving me the... I no i don't i don't think it, i don't think you're going to stop it at all i think what you're saying is actually very fundamental and core to how okay. we see each other like i think when you i think grooming is the exact word it doesn't matter what else has been happening <laughs> in life that's what it is and i hear it look i've got three sisters and i grew up in a household um Ghanaian household you know my both parents and i was constantly hearing things about you know when you do get married, like you are a man's gonna eat, like you need to be able to clean, you need to be able to cook, you need to be able to blah blah. Because you're, you're gonna be able to like you're going to have to contribute and make these 
and make contributions to your household like when you're older right mm -hmm. and it's and these are skills that were acquired but then I also was told like in the same way the lessons that my my sisters were learning they were learning for the case of like you know when you're married this is going to be relevant when I was learning those kind of things my dad was telling me from the point of view that I should never put myself in a position where I have to rely on a woman. So it's like one side is exactly. like do it so that a man can, you know, either favor you or he can depend on you or that's your role mm -hmm. in the house. Mm -hmm. But like my dad was, when my dad was teaching me, them, like my dad would put me like quite a lot of things in terms of like cooking and maintaining stuff around the house and stuff. But I also learned a lot of, by way of cooking by my mum, right? Watching her because I knew she was the better cook in the house. It was the first straightforward. <laughs> but my dad was my dad was always my dad can cook. And he yeah. said it was really important for him to know how to cook because he also grew up in a household with a lot of sisters. And he was like, it's a skill you should acquire because no one should, you should never have to expect someone to do it for you. So if yeah. my wife is like my wife is an amazing cook, yeah. right? And to me, even to cook feels like a misallocation of resources. I'm like, let's just do what we do best in it. Like you're really good at that. <laughs> We can both enjoy I'll your food to a high level, isn't it? Yeah, so let's, let's 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 do that. But you know, if she's feeling underweather, or she's coming back from work and she's tired and blah blah, she shouldn't have to expect the cook just because she's better. It, do you see what I mean? Mm -hmm. She has to do that. But then it comes back to the idea of what we've been groomed with, mm -hmm. the ideas in which have shaped us, and then where we see that value, right? So me, me, I'm like, I can bring value by cooking. I can do that. I think her value in that space is greater, mm -hmm. but maybe in allowing her to take that time off or allowing her to relax, that's where greater value is restored. If I don't see that in myself, I can't deliver it to someone else. Yeah. Do you see what I mean? Yeah. And I think I don't see that, those values are yeah. great values to have just because you should be able to do those things. But when we are taught the narrative of you must know how to cook so you can please your husband, mm. it can be quite damaging because then, like, okay, yeah, I want to be able to please my husband in that way. But if the narrative of everything I do in this life is for a person and not for myself, then as having the fact that you can grow up to be resentful for it, it means that you have this mindset that the smallest and the biggest things is for him. It's not and what is he yeah. being told to do for you? Because we're both doing for you. you know? So it's almost like it's this, it's this, it's this thing where it's like, okay, yes, like know how to cook because you should know how to cook. Like it's just a, it's a life skill that you should have. Yeah. And the bonus, the bonus, not that it's the end of and be of be all, is that you know men like tasty food. So yeah, that's <laughs> a, that's tradition. Do you understand? But women um, we I, like tasty I, food as well, or we don't have taste. Uh, you know what? One thing <laughs> that I don't. One thing that I've. So what you've both described. Are things that I've I've heard by like multiple women. I've also seen in my household, like growing up, like it's you can't get away from, a certain generation. You can't get away from the idea of doing things to please a man as a woman, mm. right? Because traditionally, definitely in the African household I've been into, it's been a very big thing, right? Mm. But one thing that perhaps I don't think a lot of people talk about, and I don't know if it's something that's existed beyond my household is also making sure you're a man worthy of those things. Do you yeah. see what I mean? Like, that's really important. Like, in, in my household, it's like, you can't come home and expect your wife to have cleaned and to have made you food and blah, blah, if you're not taking care of certain responsibilities yourself. Like, the idea, like, we can get into the whole idea of, like, submission, all that kind of stuff later. But, like, ultimately, if you don't do certain things yourself, 
there's no reason why any of those things should be an expectation of yours. Absolutely yeah. not. And sometimes it's, those things are not just, for example, financial things you provide. It could just be listening to something, somebody, sorry. Um, it could just be, you know, when they tell you they want to change jobs, you give them that support, discussing things, communication, you know, giving them, um, you know, giving them your heart, essentially, because you are in that relationship. And yeah. I, I can't talk for every woman, but especially some of the women I know and myself included, if you like somebody, right? And I'm sure if there was a woman, for example, that was attracted to a woman, it might be the same case. If you like a person, right? And they treat you well, I promise you, mm. for most of them, because not everyone likes to cook, etc., whatever, they probably do half the things that you, you know, you would beg for if you were in a, in a worse position, just because. If you like somebody, I always say, if, you're, if you have a housemate and your housemate's nice to you and you guys get along and you cook tuna pasta, you don't mind leaving Corpse Truna Pasta because he's cool. If he's an, you know, forgive me for language, an asshole, you're not going to make him that Truna Pasta. And I think it's the same thing with employees. We see certain companies, um, I'm not going to mention one, but I went to somebody's workplace one day and I was astonished at how amazing they treated their 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 um, workers. Like, I would come to work on a Sunday because if you treat me like that, <laughs> I'll be there Sunday, back holiday, Monday, Oh, I was astonished there. Literally, I walked and I was like, this is work. This looks like a holiday resort. But I say that to say, <laughs> it's not that you won't, you know, you're never going to have a day where you resent your role or your job. You know, it's normal. It's human nature. But I'm sure mm. you'll put in a bit more effort because you know, oh, I like being here. It's not the worst thing if you do it's like being there. And the same goes for relationships as well. So the, the, when, when men bring up the cooking thing and all this... I'm always like, just to enhance on um, Cobbs's point, if you treat somebody well, male, I, I can only talk because I'm a woman, but if you treat someone well, I promise you, they will also treat you well, you know? Um, I'm just going to, I want us to, um, I'm going to ask you two questions and then we're going to kind of wrap up. Um, sorry, I feel like I just did this, like just cut the convo that, <laughs> sorry. Um, you're, you're the but... <laughs> no, I'm not. I'm just a lovely young lady. Right, so what I wanted to ask is what would you say to yourself at what would you say to your younger self or the woman you were, the younger woman you were at the time when you realised that you could have potentially gotten out um, and also mm. what would you say to anyone that is going through something similar, what would be your advice what would be something you would say I would say to my younger self um, that just do it just just leave in the sense that if you know it's not gonna if you know it's not gonna get better your happiness is far too important to compromise it on other people's opinions be it your partner's opinions or be it you know the opinions of people who are going to be spectating because like you said earlier on in the podcast you know no one celebrates the anniversary of you know issues or bad news or do you know what i mean so um i would say that the second thing i would say is that you know shame depression anxiety they don't last forever mm. um you will go through it like it, it takes courage to break up with someone not just because it takes courage like you know it takes courage but it also because you're doing it with the knowledge that there's a possibility that you are going to experience a level of heartbreak you've never experienced before um but that heartbreak doesn't last forever 
Um, and when you come out of it, you come out stronger, you come out refined, you come out better. You know, I've spoken about the Bible so many times. It's, it's, it's part of who I am. Mm-hmm. <laughs> but, you know, there's a scripture that says that when you go through the fire, you will not get burned. I will be with you. And I went through the fire literally, but I didn't get burned. And not even to be cliche, but, you know, the finest things in life, the diamonds, the gold, all They're of that, refined. they have to go through the, to the fire and they get refined. And that's how our life is. And the fire, there's no there's no time length. You don't know how long it's going to last for. But one thing you do know is it's not going to last forever. Um, and, I, and I think that's the same advice I would give to someone who's currently going through it. Um, is that, you know, it, it's painful. People won't understand your pain because they're not the ones going through it. That's um, a key point to make. And a lot of people trivialise it sometimes as well. Absolutely. And you can you can lean on the knowledge of those who have been through something similar to you but only you understand what you're going through, only you and God. And for that reason, take your time. Don't let anyone give you some prescription of, oh, you know, it's been a year, why aren't you over it yet? You know, oh, it's okay now, like, is it every day? No, 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 I rebuke you. Don't come to me with that (laughs) because, you know, this is your life. Um, And the truth of the matter is, if you allow people to tell you how to deal with what you're going through, you either brush, like sweep things under the carpet or you stay there for a much longer time. Mm. If you need help, get help. Um, go to a counsellor. Don't say it is stigmatised in my culture or my community. Your mental health is far too important for you to neglect your present, to neglect what is going on in your life right now. Um, but ultimately, what I'll say to my younger self and what I'll say to my uh, to someone currently going through it, it doesn't last forever. And, you know, God can make the most ugliest things you go through into the most beautiful things amazing amazing um and my next question oh unless of you have anything to add to that as well. no no that's that's powerful i don't know yeah. i didn't yeah. want to you know when you want to let it settle yeah. for a little bit yeah. So, yeah. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> um i was gonna ask you and you don't have to answer in full but has there been any challenges to you um talking your truth with regards to the situation at hand um Yes, um, and yes, there has been, especially with going into new relationships. Mm. Um, I remember the first, I would say, semi-serious relationship. I, I think I've missed. I think I've confused you now. Sorry. Oh, go on. I meant, has there been any challenges in terms of you actually talking about this situation, this truth? As in, with yes, yeah, so with that. Oh, okay, okay. Yeah, yeah. So, <laughs> so, so because saying it like this now, or speaking on the podcast, or speaking on the live. It has been hard because you think, oh, what are people going to say about me? But you just say it thinking, listen, it doesn't matter. But when you're mm. dating somebody and you're you're trying to get to know that person, you can't just skip the chapter where you were engaged. Yeah. <laughs> you, know, you can't skip it. And when you don't skip it, it's like, okay, how soon do I tell you? And then when I do tell you, because I'm afraid you're going to find out, you then I have to unpick where everything went wrong. And naturally... As a partner, you you want to know what I'm dealing with. Do you know what I mean? Like, oh, she, she's been engaged. What's what's wrong with her? And if you realise it wasn't her, there's still the element of you that's like, mm, she's got baggage. And is she actually over, over it? this? And, you know, yeah. all of this stuff. And that's understandable. And that's why I always tell people, if you've been through something like this, you don't have to tell your partner, but I choose to. Because right. I think it's very important. Um, So I think that's been the most challenging. On other forums, it's been hard but not as hard. Have you had any I... um, resistance from actually being able to tell the story from the parties in, 
in, involved? Yeah, yeah, yeah. I actually have, I think, because we had a lot of mutual friends, some of them didn't understand. They were like, oh, just let it, not let it go, but it's like, oh, like, you don't want to paint him in a bad light. Or um, it was which can be quite harmful to. It's annoying. Like you're there trying to protect him, and you're not necessarily thinking about. Yeah, yeah. Like very harmful. It happens in so many instances. We see all the time. Crazy, and I think for me, like me sharing my story wasn't something that I just woke up one day and I said, "Oh, okay, I'm going to share my story today." It it was birthed out of when I went through it. I knew nobody, nobody Mm. who'd gone Mm. through it, but all of a sudden, when I shared my story. People who had been through it but didn't didn't say it for whatever reason came out and said, "Oh my God, that happened to me." And they were encouraged. And I thought, God, if my story can help someone who is passing through something like this, or can even prevent somebody from getting as yeah. far as I did, then let me share it and let the glory go back to your name. Let it be for something. Yeah. And I think that's part of my nature that I like to, you know, help people which that's another podcast in itself because sometimes women like to be Bob the Builder they can you know Um, but because it's a part of my nature I find it a blessing that my story encourages and helps people so when people are coming to me with oh but you know I know this happened and so on and so forth but 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 what's the but because this isn't your life this isn't your truth and in speaking about it I found healing yeah you know sometimes as well people don't realize yeah um that sometimes we go through things solely for the purpose to um inspire and um encourage or motivate others that's why when for example something bad happens people like oh why did it happen to me i'm always like so who did you expect it to happen to exactly like who 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 did you expect this to happen to who are you that this 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 thing of called life Mm. cannot happen to you know um we see it with grief when someone passes we see it with even a story like this it's like oh my gosh you know or when people say oh thank god that wasn't me you know so sad to hear about them thank god it wasn't me it's you know it's 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 almost not right but we are sometimes meant to go through certain things just solely um to inspire motivate others and um i guess to, to round off if you can just tell us a bit about your book um and what we can expect from you in the future and yeah yeah so um, my book behind the scenes is available on amazon in paperback and in kindle um it's currently on promo oh i don't know when you're putting this out <laughs> so um <laughs> okay stick that out um yeah it's available on, on, on in paperback and kindle um i it probably still I can't have a book club called... yeah so um I <laughs> yeah but God's grace boy. Um, <laughs> um, I have I have a book club called behind the scenes book club um naturally the first book we discussed was behind the scenes um mm-hmm. but we we look into other book clubs as well the book club is currently full so I'm just kind of plugging it just in case someone drops out and then I can recruit new people <laughs> um and I found that the the book has definitely opened up a lot of doors for me. We thank mm-hmm. God to speak not just about relationships but life, um, faith, work, you know, all of this kind of stuff. Um, so you can catch me um on social media, Sarah Longer. Mm-hmm. So it's at Sarah Longer then underscore, because apparently there's another Sarah Longer out there. Um and you I'll know, keep you up to date. Well. <laughs> yeah, so you can you can, you know, keep up to date with where I'll be speaking. And all of that good stuff. And what is to come, 
believe it or not, I'm currently in the process of writing my second book, which has Amazing. nothing to do about me. It's just rolling up hits, isn't it? I'm telling you. Again, sometimes we're meant to go through certain things to birth greatness. So Absolutely. Absolutely. It's a, yeah, it's a fiction book. Um, I'm excited about it. It's interesting. But one thing that this did do is it... it, it Unleash the writer in me, so I'm, I'm happy Amazing. about that. No, that's lovely to hear. Honestly, like I, I I'm not shocked, um, and I, I, I'm a firm believer that we go through certain situations. Honestly, to birth, you, you birth you, people can birth so much out of pain. Human beings are birthed out of pain, mm. so yeah, it's always something to look forward to. Um, Cobbs, do you have anything to add before I? No, I just think it's really insightful and appreciate the fact that you've come and shared your story. I think that. What you've experienced, I think it put you in a better position for whatever comes next. You're grabbing life by the horns, man, and you're, you're doing it. So, yeah, kudos to you. And uh, I think the more people who can tap into stories like this, learn from them, share their experiences and stuff, it gives you a just better well-rounded view of life in general, different perspectives. I think it's really Absolutely. important. Yeah. And and look, you were, you were engaged and you thought that it was going to end one way. It didn't end the way you wanted to, but you didn't die. Do you know what I mean? Like, didn't die. Did I didn't die? die. Didn't kill you. Did I die? No. Yeah. Did I it was tough, but it was tough. But you know, you're still here, man. And I think I that's agree. I think that's testament to your character. And uh, yeah, I just really appreciate you giving us the opportunity to talk to you about your story. Amazing. I think also, um, I'm gonna take it back to my feminist roots. By the way, guys, I say this on every episode or most episodes. Um. I'm single until I'm married, and I'm always going to have this view. So when you see me rocking up with my two kids, I'm still going to say men should treat their women right, and women should treat their men right. But I was going to say, I think this is also a testament to the, have you married? Oh, you're not married yet. Oh, my God. Mm. Crew, that marriage is not the be all and end all. And when I say this, I'm always like, Ugh, when I say it, because I'm just waiting for someone to be like, it's because you're not married. Even if I was married, I will say that. We have so many identities as human beings, especially as women and sometimes in our culture we attach our whole existence into you know being a wife or a mother you know and they're beautiful stages of our lives but also just you're almost that part of the time man like, like you're, you're only that person part of the time you're yeah. a wife when you're with your husband like yep, when you're with your kids you might be a mother like you know i'm i'm a husband to my wife i'm only ever going to be a father to my daughter like it's just yeah yeah. different roles different hats you need to wear man and this idea of making and that's that the thing. only hat you're doing one is ridiculous exactly different hats you put it perfectly different hats for different things and i think this is just a you know a way for people that are you you have so many people in quote unquote or not even quote unquote in awful relationships whether it's marriage or just boyfriend and girlfriend that will literally say to someone like sarah what are you going to leave you know don't leave you, you know basically encouraging you to stay in something that you're not happy in just for the the social recognition and i think it's very important to mm. hear stories like yours to not i'm not pioneering people leaving their husbands um or their wives but you know staying true to yourself and being happy and i'm you know i'm i, I don't want to sound patronizing but i'm proud of you i'm happy that you're able to share this story as many times sarah's doing loads of lives and she's been talking about this and emotionally and mentally, it can be quite draining, you know, talking about the same thing that hurt you mm. over and over again. So, um, yeah, to all those kind of people, just use this story as as your source of inspiration or strength even to overcome the difficult situations that you might find yourself in. And 
I just want to say thank you so much. We've literally had this. We spoke when you was in um, the States last year. Um, yeah, you yes, were, yeah, yes, yes. Yeah. But it was yeah. a year ago because that was no, October. Well, over a year ago, we actually scheduled this particular um, um, episode of the podcast. And I know we've been away um, for a long time, but I promise we're, we're not going anywhere now, especially now that we've found remote ways of recording. But thank you so much, Sarah. Really appreciate you. You're phenomenal. Thank you are, um, so much. a big inspiration to many. And the fact that you've even unleashed um, a new side of yourself um, is just, again, testament to the growth and the strength you've found through the situation. So thank That's you so it. much. Um, thank you, Quabs, thank for joining. Absolute pleasure. Quabs um, is actually on episode three of the podcast, so check out. Oh, yeah, that. do that as well, yeah. Um, yeah, that episode where he gives his perspective. We had a single, um, in, in married and um, engaged or something like that, had a girlfriend um, on the podcast. But, yes, thank you guys so much. Really, really appreciate you all and can't wait to see you in the next episode. So from the When Will You Marry team, thank you so much and we'll see you next time. Bye.